Uh, this is uh, Paul Fontaine, Ryan Frederick in the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Ryan, um, uh, for those that don't know and anybody listening to the show, how could you not? That was, of course, Jose Aldo's theme music and uh, woke up, I think it was Sunday morning to the news. And maybe you heard about it earlier, but that's when I heard about it, that Jose Aldo retired. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, well, if you if you remember back uh, when he fought Marab Davalishvili, he had told Marab inside the cage that that you know this was it for him after after the loss loss. But he didn't. He kept quiet for a month, but month. But yeah, he uh, he's retired from MMA. Got his. He had one fight left on his UFC UFC contract. There had been rumblings about this possibility happening. There was talk about, you know, he was either going to retire or he's going to do one last fight in Brazil in January and retire. But uh, he retired. He uh, got released from his last fight on his deal. Uh, you know, he might go do boxing. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but it appears his MMA career is over with. And, you know, it's one of the greatest fighters in mixed martial arts history, bar none, an absolute living, living legend and probably, like, like if you were to ask, if you were to start asking UFC fighters who their favorite fighter is, he'd probably yeah. be the answer to lie. He was your favorite fighter's favorite fighter, just an absolute, absolute icon in the sport. And it's uh, you know thirty six. He's getting out. He's getting out a little early because he's still. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marab wrestle fucked him to death, you know, in in the in his last fight. But he's looked good over the last couple of years and just uh, just getting out before. Probably had a good time, and you know he had he uh, had a kid over the weekend as well. So it's probably just you know it's like, hey, I'm having a kid. You know my my baby was just born. Just just call it a day. Call it a day, and look look to do what's next. I mean he's he's left his mark on on MMA for sure. Well, if he had done this after the Peter Yan fight, I mean you know I don't think anybody would have been surprised. But that was. You know, a little over two years ago, and he came back and got three big wins, and then, you know, lost that decision to Devolish Vili. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of remember that. But then, you know, we were talking about it after, and we're like, no way he's going to, you know, there's so many, so many cool fights out there. And, you know, and he's still, you know, like if he beats, you know, let's say he beats a big name and then maybe gets, beats a top five guy, like they could easily put him into a title fight. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to see the favor fight again or you know like uh, edgar we talked about i think at msg or you know like they've done that before but um you know a lot of different things that they could have done or, or again brazil retirement but that's it like and and the funny thing is is where i saw it is not a place where i would normally see it so i was like at first i was questioning whether it was legit and then i kept check kept in the yeah kept checking the fight game group I suppose I should have just gone on Twitter and searched Jose Aldo and I would have found yeah, it was, out. But, it was all over Twitter. Yeah, but I, you know, you know me, I don't do that. Yeah. So nobody announced, nobody talked about it. I would have expected like our buddy Jason Hagholm would have like started a thread or something. And then so I waited and waited. And then I hear Dave talking about it on Wrestling Observer Radio. And so I, I messaged you and I'm like, is this legit? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't really kind of like under the radar, you know, like you figure like a big. It's too bad that they didn't know before Saturday because they probably would have done like a really nice video package for them on the show. And they probably will this week or well, the next show, I guess. Well, I see that's two weeks from now. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and we, you know, and this is kind of our we got to talk about segment. And you had suggested, I think it was a great idea of talking about like our favorite uh, Jose Aldo moments in his career. 
Um, and for me, like I was live for the Conor McGregor fight. And um, I got to say, like, I mean, it was, you know, not Jose Aldo's best day, obviously, but um, it was like an incredible atmosphere. Nothing like the Mendez fight, you know, the, the year, you know, the summer before. Um, but and it was kind of like almost like a letdown. Like it was like, you know, 13 second knockout. And it was like, what happened? And then, you know, the crowd was celebrating, but it wasn't like the same kind of visceral celebration they had for the Mendez fight. But it was still like, I can't believe what I just saw because I had been watching, you know, like I've talked about on this show. He's one of the first guys that I've basically found on my own, you know, like where I'm watching shows and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's great. And then I just kept, you know, if he was watch, if he was fighting, I made sure to watch the card and he was getting all these impressive knockouts in WEC. And then he got the championship and then he was UFC champion and I'd never seen him lose. And then all of a sudden he's knocked out in 13 seconds by Conor McGregor in a fight that a lot of people thought Conor wasn't going to win. So that for me, that's the one that's I always think of. And it's too bad because it's it's a loss. But that's for me. What about you? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many. I remember the very first time I saw Jose Aldo was that double flying knee knockout of Cub Swanson in just yeah, like yeah. seconds. That was the other seconds, one I wrote down. Yeah, and it was just like incredible. And I was a uh, when, when he fought and beat Mike Brown for the WEC featherweight championship. I was there in the oh. building. It was it was a it was a Wednesday night show. Wednesday or Thursday night show in Vegas before uh, the week of UFC 106, which had Tito and Forrest rematch. And I, I remember I went out to Vegas for that entire fight week, went to both shows, and I was there and just, man, just watching that guy at that time just fight and compete. It was just like, man, this guy is going to be absolutely special. And then, and then, you know, he has the big performance on the WEC's only pay-per-view over Uriah Faber and comes in in UFC UFC as a featherweight champion has that memorable fight against Mark Hominick at in Toronto in the Sky Dome. You know, right. It's still the Sky Dome to me. So, so yeah. but uh, yeah, UFC 129. And I remember that uh, that UFC 129 weekend. They had that uh, I forget the exact name of what they call it, but they had the seven UFC champions at the time do like a little Q and A session. And there's only now three left who are fighting. So, so which is a uh, Jones. Edgar and Cruz and Edgar and Cruz are on their last legs. And, so, and Jones uh, hasn't fought in forever. I mean, we yeah, assume he will, but yeah. And uh, just that, and just all the, all the great fights, the, the, uh, the, the pay-per-view in Rio when he knocked out Chad Mendez and jumped into the crowd and celebrated uh, just, and then my, I guess, I guess my last memory was, the last time I saw Aldo fight live, which was uh, down in Houston last year, UFC 265, and just that great yeah. performance he had against Pedro Munoz, and just and then that week, just the reaction of the crowd to him, like it was you know like living legend sta- status, you know, just from all the fans and all the fighters, and, and I remember seeing all the fighters, they all all the ones who had like I said, told the story on this on the show back then, back then, but every fighter who had never met or fought with Jose Aldo, all we all they wanted to do was, oh, can I go get a picture of Jose Aldo? Can I go get a picture of Jose, Jose Aldo? I want to meet that guy. It's just like, it's just the way fans and fighters and everybody treated him. It's just, it's, I mean, this is, this is a big retirement. I mean, and we're going to see a lot of, a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of guys in this 
that were in the early early 2010s you know late 2000 early 2010s you know starting to re- starting to retire and you know this is the biggest one so far but we're going to see more and more of these coming so but uh yeah just i mean just just a just a fantastic fighter absolute first ballot hall of famer just every everything you could ever ask for in a fighter i um i i only the only other time i saw him fight other than the um than the fight that i talked about was ufc 200 against frankie edgar and that was a weird one because it was a title fight but it was second from the top on the card um it was just like the sec or sorry second fight on the card i should say on the main card yeah yeah and it was weird because to see aldo come out like that it was just like you're used to seeing him in the main event or you know like maybe the second fight but not like our, our second like the co-main but not like second on the card and yet it, and it was a title fight i mean interim yeah. title but still <laughs> Um, but that was that was the second time I'd seen or the first time I seen him fight live because the second time was um, or no yeah that would have been yeah so it was the second fight in a row that I saw him yeah because it was right before that there was a Connor fight but you know that was a real fight so it was you know and and just watching the crowd reaction to him is exactly what you described even back then that was six years ago and um, yeah and I he's the one guy too that like I I didn't see his fights live but I always made sure to watch them. Um, if he was fighting, I was watching and back in the day, like when he started, I wasn't getting every show, wasn't getting every pay-per-view. I wasn't watching every TV show, but if he was fighting, I was watching and uh, I would listen to wrestling observer and, and I'd listen to the card and it's like, okay, does this sound like something I'm interested in? Maybe, maybe not. But if it's all though, yeah. And it was about, I think 2012, 2013, when I just kind of started watching everything, but um, yeah, the, he was one of the guys. Him and John Jones really were the two uh, around that same time that that got me really, really into it. And yeah, and it's the end of an era, like you said. And uh, you know, he had those great fights with Holloway. Um, you know, where he took a ton of damage. Those back-to-back fights, including that really one in Toronto um, that they played on Fox, I think, uh, after you know, like a couple weeks after it aired on pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it for Aldo. And, uh, I mean, I've heard speculation. I might go to a different company. I, I kind of hope that doesn't no, happen. No, I haven't, I haven't heard anything of that. I've heard if anything, he's just going to box. Yeah. Well, I heard that too, but I, I, they were just, you know, the person that I was saying was just, you know, I actually called it strike force. He meant Bellator. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> okay, Damn. good, good, because I don't want to see that. Um, I'd like to see him at least one more time, you know, like maybe some Brazil show. Maybe they just bring him back for one fight, but we'll see. You know, retirements are never forever, and this is one where if I had to put money on it one way or the other, I'd probably say we're going to see him at least one more time. But, I mean, it, I, it's anything but a guarantee. So if he is retired, you know, you know, thank you for the memories, uh, Jose, and greatest greatest fighter under 155 i think of all time like i don't know i i yeah. for that run anyways yeah i would um, say so. i would say so he's the he's the the best featherweight of all time and all time yeah. and just you know greatest greatest under 155 of all time yeah i mean especially for that run i mean the problem is is we saw the end and, and he kind of faded a bit and he had some really tough competition but for that stretch from you know 20 2008 to 2014 i mean just unbeatable just finish after finish after finish and yeah just just incredible so yeah sad but uh nice to look back at the memories um 
And uh, so, yeah, with that, we'll uh, we'll look back at uh, Dana White Contender Series. <laughs> um, so another week where everybody got a contract. Um, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Um, the opener went to a decision, but like Dana White and uh, and was it Sean Shelby that was with them? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, all, they, yeah, all, all of them there. Yeah, Sean, they gave him a standing Sean, ovation. Sean, Mick, and Hunter were all there. Yeah, they gave him a standing ovation, and so you knew he was getting a contract. Daniel Marcos, and then the main event. I mean, Fareed Basharat, you know, was probably getting a contract even if he lost. I mean, probably not, but you know what I mean. Um, he was, he's I think he was getting a deal with a win. Yeah, game. he's getting a contract because they they want those Bash brothers, and uh, and then we had three finishes in the other three fights. So including the rare women's finish on the Contender Series with Bruna Brazil. Uh, beating Marnik Mann. Um, and yeah, this was, uh, you know, an, another pretty good show. Um, I didn't think anyone other than Basharat, just, you know, because of the story, like really, really stood out to me. I, I don't know if you felt any different. I was kind of tired when I was watching this too, so that might have had something to do with it. Yeah. it uh, Ikram, Alice Garoff, yeah the, yeah. the one guy we were talking about last week who who had only lost to Kamzat, like that's a guy. He he was super impressive, and he, you know, he's somebody who everybody's going to need to look out for. I think that's going to be he's going to be the biggest one coming off at least this episode. Of- and middleweight is, I mean, as we've seen with um, uh, Pereira, like that's a division you can kind of climb up the ranks pretty quick. Um, yeah, you know. yeah, a lot of parity in that in that yeah. division. So you just put put together like three or four wins and and but then again he might be one of those guys like um, Makachev um, that nobody wants to fight uh, if once he starts to get up to that contender spot because because he's pretty dangerous. But yeah, he got a he got a two minute nine second submission over Mario Sousa. Trevor Peak uh, seven and zero oh now. I think they're all knockouts. Uh, he got a second round knockout over Malik Lewis. And mentioned uh, Bruno Brazil second round knockout over Marnique Mann, and Daniel Marcos in the in the opener got a decision over Brandon Lewis. So yeah, everybody got a contract. I think I think that's like I think there's maybe like been three or four winners on this whole season that haven't got a contract. Yeah, um, well, uh, if you take out the first week, yeah, you know, the, or yeah, right, right, yeah, because the first week there was only one out of five, but yeah, what else for? Yeah, yeah. Or one out of four. One, right, right, because we had one uh, one fight canceled that week, and I got the uh, this this week's card up here. I do recognize one of these names, uh, Austin Lane, heavyweight. Um, yeah. I've seen him before. I know. I'm just looking up his record. Uh, yeah, he was on the Contender Series before. Uh, right, lost to Greg Hardy, but yeah, he's this is his second. Oh shot wow! There. Oh wow! Yeah, that was a long long time ago. So yeah, he's fought quite a bit since then. Yeah, but that yeah, that's definitely where I saw him. Um, also saw him in LFA. So every time I've seen him, he's lost. But um, he, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's fighting Richard Jacoby. Um, so you know, he's a little more experienced now. I think the last time he was just brought in to lose, and yeah. this time, but he's got an undefeated guy against him. So maybe he's there to lose again. Um, and the main event is uh, looks like a pretty good fight. Leon Aliu ten and one against Bruno Ferreira, who's eight and zero. So. Um, then we have the seventeen-year-old Raul Rosas Rosas Jr. Oh yeah, he's fighting this week. Five and Mexican, uh, five and oh yeah. Seventeen years, seventeen years old. Been a see his nickname. Professional for less than a year. See his yeah, nickname. El, El the Nino problem Pro- child. Yeah, El Nino problema. Yeah, that's he's awesome. Really, yeah, so. Dude was born in two thousand and four. Like, oh okay. my god. Okay, this if he. <laughs> 
Okay, I have always said I will never feel old until a <laughs> until a UFC fighter who was born after the first UFC event I attended, you know, <laughs> is signed, and this would be the guy because the very okay. first UFC event I I attended was in April two thousand four. So yeah, so if he wins and gets signed, I officially feel old. Well, I see, I guess I got a little ways to go because uh, the first event I ever attended live was twenty June fifteenth, twenty thirteen. And I so. was just like, and I was <laughs> yeah. just eighteen when I went to that show. So I mean, you're older than he is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was older then than he is now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Good lord, five nine. Yeah, and like a lot of young Mexican fighters. Hey, that woman they had on wasn't she twenty on that yeah, show a couple like weeks that. ago? Yeah, so, and and I wonder what'll happen. Like if he gets a if he gets a big win here, like does Dana do the same thing he did with? Uh, um, oh God, I'm forgetting uh, Bo Nickel, and just say no. You know, you need a few more fights, or I don't know. He's had five straight finishes um, in you know in less than a yeah. year. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard on that one. I guess it depends. First of all, if he wins and how he wins, but uh, it'd be something to sign a guy before he's eighteen years old. I mean, well, how can they? They might. They can't even book him at like, you know. I guess you can technically, but like he shouldn't even really be fighting at like T-Mobile, you know, because that's in. Oh no, T-Mobile's okay. Yeah, T-Mobile's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he couldn't fight in a in a casino. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, and the apex is fine too, but, uh, that's crazy, man. 17. Wow. I mean, there's, there's people in MMA that are fighting Lauren Murphy. Doesn't she have a kid that's older than him? Well, definitely. I think so. Yeah. 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 So, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Raul Rosas Jr. Keep an eye on that. Um, Dana is going to be talking about how, how young he is and how I only used to want to sign guys that were in their twenties. And now we got this kid that's 17 and he looks so great. Blah, blah, blah. And he's probably going to get a first round finish. So good for him. We're, we're uh, crowning him. Mando Gutierrez. He's got a solid record. Seven, seven and one. And I think they're another Mexican. So either yeah. way, Mexico wins. That's Seven good. and one, six finishes. So yeah, he's only twenty five. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. No, no big, no big names that he's beat. Oh, he's fighting fun in LFA a couple times. So yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of finishes too. Yeah, that'll be fun. I, I bet you those two guys are just gonna. I bet you that fight's gonna be wild. Yeah, like those, those two guys are just gonna go nuts. Also, you know, and like, they're 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 weights, which traditionally, you know, yeah, that's a that's a great weight class for fights anyway. Yeah, and uh, Roybert Echeverria, is he related to Mario? Do you know? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I do, because I, I do know Mario or Echeverria. But anyways, yeah, so that's uh, that's tomorrow. So it's the second last one of the year. Well, today, um, on, today as you're listening. <laughs> today as you're listening, yeah. ESPN Plus uh, and TSN in Canada. And uh, yeah, so that uh, should be a lot of fun. And so let's get into this UFC on ESPN 68. I'm fired up about this card, dude. Like, I don't know if you caught it from my comments. But I, I saw that, yeah. I thought this was one of the best cards I ever saw. Like, not like it wasn't the best fights necessarily, although there were some good fights. Um, but I just loved the show. I loved the stories. Um, I loved the way it flowed. I just, I, I love, love, love this show. Um, I mean, I, yeah, just top to bottom. We'll go over it, but. Um, the main event, honestly, the main event was, you know, I, it's funny if Yudong song had somehow, or song Yudong had somehow come back to win 
like with what he was going through, it would have been a perfect ending to the show, given, you know, some of the other comebacks we saw and some of the stories we saw. Um, but you know, it wasn't to be, he had, uh, you know, doctor stopped it after the fourth round. If he just took a beating, but from Corey Sanhagen, um, but he, you know, he wasn't going to quit. And, uh, I'm honestly surprised the ref stopped it because I thought they could have stopped the, um, the Gregory Rodriguez fight and they didn't. And then he came back and won. So you and I thought Song Yudong like his cut wasn't as bad, but oh he just, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought so. Like I, th- I thought it was I thought it was slightly worse. Well, maybe, but but I mean, it was more like he was taking a lot more damage though. Like that, that I think that was the difference, and it was it was affecting his vision. But yeah, as well. I mean, yeah, you also got to remember remember uh, Song did tell the doctor when he, he couldn't was see him that he couldn't yeah. see. So that well, that was I, it. Like as soon as he said that, said yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, and it's too bad. Um, but Corey Sanhagen, you know, he deserved this um, because he's had some tough like losses, like you know, split decisions that he thought he won and stuff. And this was this was easily his best performance, and he's had a lot of good ones. Uh, but he like yeah, the first round was was uh, kind of close. Um, I think you know maybe even gave it to Song, but then you know Sanhagen kind of took over after that. Um, was the cut caused by a headbutt, or was that another fight I'm thinking of? Uh, it was, I think this one was, or an elbow. No, it was an elbow. Yeah, right. I think. Let me see. Let me look at my. I think it was an elbow in, like, when they were clinching at one point, and he just kind of sliced him up. <laughs> You're checking your notes. Uh, it might have been from an elbow. Elbow. Yeah. yeah. But I, either way, like, you know, even if it went to the decision, like he was going to win a decision, but, you know, luckily he got the stoppage and a uh, big win for Corey kind of gets back into that top five now. And, you know, he's going to have to beat somebody in the top five to, you know, even be considered for a title shot, but it's what he needs to do. And a nice, impressive win for him. Yeah, this was a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This was a really good fight. I mean, very high level. Uh, both guys looked really, really good. Good. Uh, San Hagen just, his his pressure and his and his wrestling was really strong. Uh, you song had was landing. They were both landing. Uh, you know when they were separated. Separated. Yeah, that cut was really mm-hmm. bad, and that, the blood was all over all over the place. This was a. Uh, I'd probably put it maybe on a on the Muda scale like a seven. Maybe on the Muda scale because make was, a zero point seven. Yeah. Well, you know, one out of ten. So yeah, yeah, put, yeah. Put a, seven out of ten. Yeah. Seven out of ten on the Muda, Muda scale, but yeah, uh, San Hagen. Uh, I thought Song won the first round, and then San Hagen had had strong second, third, and fourth, and he was going to win the fight, win the fight with a uh, barring a finish. But yeah, very, very strong win for San Hagen. Looked really good. Uh, he's talking about Marlon Vera next, and mm. that makes all the sense in the world, right there. Oh yeah, and that'll be a hell of a fight. Um, you know, and, and yeah, put that in front of fans for sure. I mean, you can't have Marlon Vera not fight in front of fans. So, and Corey, like, has he trying to look look back to some of his fights? He hasn't, I don't feel like he hasn't fought in front of fans in a while, but then you're going to tell me that he did. Well, I guess Uh, UFC 267. Yeah. yeah, Peter Yawn fight was in front of fans, but yeah, everything else has been in the apex or in Abu Dhabi since, since uh, since before the pandemic. Yeah. 
Yeah, geez. Um, but yeah, it uh yeah, nice nice win for him. And and like I said, it capped off like what was, you know, a really good card in terms of, you know, like fights, finishes, stories, and and we'll get into these stories, but um and, and honestly in the co main and you know, I kinda wanna like talk about this too because I, I mentioned it earlier, like, you know, comparing the cuts. Gregory Rodriguez had I mean, they talk about like it looked like his face was gonna fall off. Like he had this huge cut in the middle of his forehead, like between the eyes. And it was bleeding that the, the, um, they stopped the, the bleeding at first. And then, you know, and, and somehow like he wasn't in the second round, he wasn't bleeding, but it was amazing because the, the doctor told Mark Smith, the referee, uh, keep a close eye on him. So <laughs> I've never seen anything like this, but they're fighting and he, Mark Smith would not take his eye. He's just staring right at Gregory Rodriguez's forehead the whole time. And Rodriguez is like beating the crap out of Njikwani. And all he was doing was looking at Rodriguez. And it was like, if he had taken one shot to the face, I think Mark Smith would have stopped the fight. And, and I think Rodriguez knew it. So he was just like, he was on a mission. And, and Njikwani just like, he, he couldn't stop him. And he, he knocked him down and then he finished him with ground and pound. And, and it was just incredible because he was going to need a finish because if he got hit and that cut open, the fight was over. Um, and I think he knew it. But I, the way that Mark Smith was looking at him, like, I, I it was just crazy. Like, and the announcers even called attention to it. But, I, yeah, it was, I, I've never seen that. I don't know if you have. Uh, I mean, I've seen so many, so many fights. I can't remember one off the top of my head where it's like specifically, hey, watch this guy. And basically, if he gets hit, stop the fight but uh yeah but just the way he was staring at him like he 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 laser focused yeah (laughs) i mean yeah and uh i mean that was a great fight and i had a comeback from from rodriguez i mean i thought there was several times in that first round where joe and joe kawani hadn't finished or was very close to finishing them and he just wouldn't stop yeah and then rodriguez knew he was in in a very vulnerable position and then he just came out and just started throwing punches and flying knees, got the takedown, and then just big old elbows and punches. And then Joe Kawani was just done from there. And really fun fight, hell of a comeback. Got yeah. fight of the night, and just that cut was that cut was nasty. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's you know they're very comparable the the song cut and that cut, but yeah, just incredible showing from RoboCop. I can't really finish RoboCop. Yeah, uh, just incredible, and 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 we had incredible stories up and down this card. So, um, why don't we get into our three stars? Because I think we we can even get into some of the stories as we talk about our three stars. Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay, uh, my first star. I'm going to go with Damon Jackson. Uh, just he came out and he blitzed Pat oh Sabatini and uh, hit Sabatini with the front kick right to the side of the face as Sabatini was rushing in, got him down and just pounded him out, finished him in a minute and nine seconds. And then it was a very emotional win because uh, Jackson's brother, Bradley, had passed away the week well, the weekend before and just a very like just emotional scene from Jackson. And I mean, I mean, how could I, oh. I couldn't, I couldn't fight if my brother died a week beforehand. I don't know no. how he did it, how he did it, but just got just, I mean, I mean, that guy deserves all the props and props in the world for being able to compete and perform yeah. and have that great performance under that kind of just, 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 everything going on and it probably just felt like just a huge relief off of his shoulders yeah. at least a little bit and now he can now he can just you know just be with his family and be like okay 
Okay, but yeah, Damon Jackson, he just deserves all the props in the world. I, I just, before you get to your second one, I also wanted to add on this. Um, like, I, you know, I didn't know the thing about his brother. Like, they, they mentioned it. Uh, like, I only, I, they maybe mentioned it in the video package, but I didn't realize it because I fast forward through that stuff. So I'm watching the fight. And then when he won, they mentioned it then. And that's when I heard it. So he breaks down. And then in his interview, he said that he just there was no question he was going to fight. He had to fight for his brother, but he shut himself off from his family. He hadn't talked to his family, hadn't seen his family since his brother passed away. And his family was in the crowd and they were like cheering and he was crying and they were crying. And oh, my God, like anybody watching, if you have a heart, you were crying and uh, just unbelievable. And uh, so happy for this dude. Minute and nine seconds. And Pat Sabatini is a really good fighter. And he, you know, Jackson was a pretty good underdog. And, uh, but I mean, if I had known what had happened, I probably would have put some money on him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, hell of a, hell of a, hell of a story there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're, go for your second star. My second star is going to be, is going to be Joe Pfeiffer. Yeah. So, yeah. Be Joe Pfeiffer. That's the, I mean, they, they've spent time trying to make him into a star ever since the first episode of the contender series series this season and they booked him really quickly and he got the job done. I mean, he was expected to Alan Amanovsky was 0-3 in the UFC. UFC, this is supposed to be a squash match, but Joe Pfeiffer did just look great. I mean, and then knocked him out cold with the, with the right hand, just everything you could ask for of a debut. And uh, my third star, I'm going to go Jillian Robertson. She had to overcome uh, overcome a lot of adversity in that first round. Maria Agapola mm-hmm. nearly finished her, finished her, and then the second, the finish was absolute scariness. Uh, yes. Just, just uh, Agapova uh, Robertson got Agapova down and had her back, and I don't know if Agapova spit out her mouthpiece or, or it just fell out at one point. But if she didn't have her mouthpiece, and then all of a sudden. Son Robertson gets a rear naked choke in, and Agapova just wasn't gonna ta- wasn't gonna tap, and she was going out cold, and she was biting her tongue, tongue, yeah. and just it was like a really scary moment. It kind of gave me gave me like I was I'm a big Sons of Anarchy fan. Yeah. I've watched that show a bunch, and, I, and it's crazy, it's crazy. Like I'm in the middle of a rewatch because I haven't watched it in a couple of years, and just this past week I had watched the episode where. Otto Delaney, instead of flipping on the club, he bit off his tongue so he wouldn't have to talk. And it suddenly gave me flashbacks. It's like, God, don't bite your tongue off. Don't bite your tongue off. Because that would have been, that'd have been super ba- a super bad situation. And there's a scary scary situation of all, involved all around. I mean, just like, you know, there is no shame in tapping. It, and it would have been better just to tap instead of, you know, nearly losing your tongue over this. But uh, luckily – the worst didn't happen and it was a very good uh comeback win for robertson a lot of good a lot of good comeback wins on the show yeah i mean robertson like was very at the end of the first round like if that first round had gone another 20 seconds she probably would have been finished like agapova was just just nailing her on the ground and and robertson had nothing for her. she's done this before like once she gets you on the ground like you know and she gets control of you it's real tough to stop and yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best night for Mark Smith. I thought he could have stopped it earlier. It looked like Agapova was trying to tap 
finally like after she had bit her tongue but then i don't know if it was in the right position or maybe you know she was just trying to fight it off but then she kind of stopped fighting and then you realized oh she's out and she was like stiff as a board and he's even like you know people came in to help and he's like what position do you want her in and stuff and it, it was pretty scary but uh i i so i assume she's okay and in the um joseph pfeiffer is another one in his promo after the fight he talked about how when he won in the contender series, he was homeless and he had no money and Dana White gave him money and gave him a place to live. And now he gets a win in the UFC and gets a $50,000 performance bonus. Like you can't script this stuff. And this is where like between that and, and some, some other stuff we'll talk about, like I, I made the thing to you. And, and if, if we didn't know about Josie Aldo's retirement, like we were going to, are we got to talk about thing was going to be how UFC is doing pro wrestling better than pro wrestling, you know, with all these great stories and they don't script it, but somehow like these things happen and uh, it's just crazy. And so my first star is going to be Andre touchy feely. Um, talk about touchy feely. He get, he wins a split decision over Bill Algio. And then he, you know, he's interviewed afterwards and he's, you know, he's all fired up at first. And then he's like, you know, it's been a real rough training camp. And, and uh, Cormier's like, okay, you know, yeah, I know they're all tough. And he's like, well, I, you know, I, we, we had a miscarriage and, uh, and, and that baby that was supposed to be born, like this was for that, that kid. And I love him with all my heart, whoever, whoever it is. And Cormier, you could tell like his heart was broken because he's lost a daughter, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that- yeah, like, and so, like, I mean, and me, like, I'm just like, I haven't gone through that, but you could see it in his eyes. And then he was just like, he was done. Like, he's like, I can't do this anymore. And he walked away. And I was just, oh my god. And this was like, you know, and this was after the uh, Damon Jackson thing earlier. And and it's like, oh my god, like this stuff is like so real. Like the fighters, these stories that they have, like these are real people like fighting for their lives in some cases. And, you know, and they, they don't know anything else. So they're fighting, you know, and, and this is how they get through things. And I'm just like so impressed with that dude to, you know, to continue to train and do that after like going through what, you know, is probably the most traumatic thing anybody would ever have to go through to have a child, you know, you know, be like have a miscarriage and you, you know, you don't have your child that you're expecting to have like, just oh man, so sad. Um, my second star, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, show favorite, uh, beat you know one of my guys, Mark Andre Barrio, but uh, just an incredible performance by Hernandez. Uh, just dominated Barrio. Barrio, you know, he wasn't going to give up, but Hernandez just kept at him and you know just was dominating him for the first two rounds, and then submitted him in the third, got him in position for the arm triangle and. And Barrio tapped. I'm sure he didn't want to tap, but he knew he had to. And uh, Hernandez moved to 10 and 2. And, uh, you know, biggest win, you know, other than that one over uh, when he submitted the, uh, the whatever he was, the Abu Dhabi champion guy. Rodolfo Vieira. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just a hell of a performance by him. And then, you know what? Just just to be, uh, just to be different, I'm going to go with uh, the opener, Nicholas Moda. Uh, started off the show in great fashion, knew we were going to be in for a great show, three minutes and 49 seconds, uh, KO, and then ground and pound uh, over Cameron Van Camp. Uh, Moda, um, was he, is this his second 
UFC. A, yeah, he lost to Jim Miller in his op- in his first fight, and then he came back to win this one. So, um, yeah, nice performance by him, and uh, yeah, just uh, set the show off good. And there's a lot of good stuff here. Real quick on the Anthony Anthony Hernandez win. Did you see the post fight interview he had? Uh, like in the cage? Yeah. I did, but I'm I'm not remembering. But as soon as you talk, I probably will. He, he just kept saying the f word constantly. Oh Cor- yeah, so, Corby goes this yeah. like Corby goes this like you like to cuss a lot, don't you? And he's yeah, and he's like it's one of it's one of my flaws. <laughs> yeah, just, and and well yeah, because I couldn't when you asked if I heard it. No, I didn't because they bleeped out everything. They did. Uh, like, this is this is the rare ESPN Plus show where they didn't bleep off. Oh, bleep no. off anything. TSN on there. was all over this. So we did get some swearing in the Fight Pass prelims, but yeah, uh, yeah Nicholas Moto was one one yeah. of those. Uh, yeah. yeah. As soon as we got to, uh, yeah, there's a few of them that 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 was happening, but this, yeah, this was by far the worst. <laughs> that was just a, that was just an all time great dad moment from Daniel Cormier. Just, just, yeah, just like, just like boy, you cuss a lot, like, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, but wow, like just some incredible stories here. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll go over it, but I mean the the uh Nascimento Boser, like the first round there was just incredible and a nice comeback for him. Um, I think there were some other comebacks on this one. So why don't you go over the the card here? Okay, it uh, started off with uh Nicholas Mota uh first round TK over Cameron Van Van Camp. Really strong showing from from uh Mota. Let me get to the top of my notes here. No cheer, yeah. Just uh, Moda landed a left hook that put Van Camp on his knees, and just a ton of punches afterwards got the finish. Uh, then it was a bantamweight fight. Javid Basarat, days after his brother got a UFC contract, he yep. he uh, remained undefeated with a unanimous decision over Tony Gravely, uh, 29-28 across the board. I had a 30-27, but I thought – I thought uh, I forget which round. I don't have the stats or the MMA decisions pulled up. I know one of the rounds was close. It could have gone either way. I think it was the first. Yeah, first. But uh, Basarat just uh, Gravely's a strong wrestler, but Basarat out wrestled him over the last two rounds to get the decision. And that was a really good fight. Uh, then we had the women's flyweight fight: Jillian Robertson over Maria Agapova, uh, rear naked choke in the second round. That I talked about. This is this is a pretty good fight as well. Uh, then we had lightweight fight. Uh, Trey Ogden, a unanimous decision over Daniel Zellhuber, uh, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Uh, kind of an upset. Zellhuber was coming in 12-0, uh, won on the Contender Series last year, was making his debut, had a lot of hype, but Ogden just was uh, outstruck him and outgrappled him and got the decision and a very good showing from Ogden. Okay, here's something I want to talk about uh, This <laughs> after this fight. Um uh, women's strawweight fight was next. Loma Lugbimi got a decision over Denise Gomez, uh, 30 27, 30 27, 29 28. I had it, uh, 29. I scored a 29 28. Uh, you know, giving her the first two rounds. I thought the third round was very close, could have gone either way, but a very good showing from Lugbimi. Gomes took, she won on the contender series just like three weeks ago. Go took it on short notice and she looked, she looked okay for yep. being on short notice. But uh, Lugbimi said something very interesting uh, after the fight. She was doing her post fight scrum and a question got asked about her, uh, about, Something, something. I don't remember what the exact question was, but she started going into her previous fight before this. She had lost and she started like self harming herself and having uh, contemplated suicide. It came very close to committing suicide. 
And it was wow. just, it was a combination. She said it was a combination of, you know, being down on yourself after losing, you know, when you put so much into the sport, in the sport, but also like, you know, comments that are sent by people who bet on you or pick or pick you for, you know, these, mm-hmm. you know, these fans that like to, like to talk shit to fighters after they lose. And, and really the, it's a, this, this is not the first time I've heard of a situation like this. So it's probably, it's, you know, it's starting to become more and more commonplace with fighters. And, you know, th- these fighters go through enough, through enough. You know, everybody has mental health problems. It doesn't matter what, what, it doesn't matter if you're a fighter, a professional wrestler, a football player, a doctor, a lawyer, just, or, you know, the guy, the guy who works at the gas station down the street. Everybody, everybody anywhere could have any kind of, any kind of mental health issues. You got to always just be careful about how you just talk to people and just treat people just good. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? You bet on this person, you lost money, money, be mad at yourself. Don't be mad at them. Who can, you know, maybe you shouldn't have bet if you're going to get that yeah. emotional, emotional over losing money, losing money. These fighters are human beings and they don't need to take that kind of abuse from people. And to hear fighters actually, actually say that they contemplated suicide oh. because of how fans have treated them after losing losing you know when when the loss itself is bad enough it's just like we got to change as a society yes. like like it's just it's horrible it's horrible and it's just and you know i'm afraid we're going to have a situation where there's a big name fighter who loses and gets just so harassed that they fall into something and something bad happens you know well just, we i mean we saw it in pro wrestling with um with uh, uh Hannah Hana, Kimura. Hana Kimura, Hana Kimura, yeah. yeah 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 and and just like like anybody who listens to this and, and I'm sure, I, I sure hope that, you know, people who listen to these shows are, are, you know, good fans who, you know, don't do stuff like that, stuff like that. But if you're a fan who, who bets on somebody or pick somebody and then you send them ugly messages after, after, uh, after a loss, you just, you really need to stop. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the nicest thing I'm going to say to you. Just stop. <laughs> these people are human beings. Like, we, like nobody deserves it. You and I have both, you know, had our issues, you know, online and some of the stuff that people have. And these fighters are probably getting it like a hundred times worse than we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me and you have gotten gotten enough enough harassment for people on Twitter scores. I remember there was one, there was, there was, I'll tell the story. There was one person who was so upset, upset with how I scored around that he sent me a DM on Twitter with my address telling me, I know where you live, live, I'll come find you. Wow. Like that's, that shit's shit's scary. Like I had a guy, I mean, this is not as bad as yours, but I had a guy who, you know, disagreed with the decision that I, that I put up there and it was on the screen and he sent me something and said that, why don't you go ahead and kill yourself because the the your your contribution to the world is you know like you're hurting the world by being a part of it or something like that i can't yeah. remember exactly you know like i mean i of course i blocked the guy and i didn't really think anything of it but you know if you're already in you know you got to remember too is this fighter you know was already probably upset about losing and yeah. then to have to deal with that yeah, you know, on top of it, like, yeah, just oh I, I, I've gotten to the point where anybody who sends me a negative, like, uh, a, a reply or a DM that crosses the line, I'm gonna make it public. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. A, I want to. I want to bear. I want people who follow me and people who are my friends to start harassing you, so you feel, so you know how it feels like. Yeah, no, so that's you know smart. Like. That's yeah. smart. I never even thought of that, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's brilliant. So like, yeah, that's brilliant. like you know, see, see what it makes you feel like. You know, I don't appreciate appreciate the guy who you know. You know, there's another guy who threatened to kidnap my niece because, because I scored a fight <laughs> because I scored a fight against Angela Hill. Wow. Before I, because I scored scored the Angela Hill Tisha Torres fight for Tisha Torres, jeez. So yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get in. You, All right. You, back so to, that was yeah, back, but like yeah, like 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 you know, we got to start. You know, check yourself, people. Check yourself. You know, mental health is a it's a really big thing in yeah. uh, MMA. So, but back to back to the show. Uh, uh, next was we had a uh, a welterweight fight and. Can you really call it a fight? Unless that's the easy to term. Trevin Giles, uh, unanimous decision, unanimous decision over uh, Lewis Koske. I, th- I think I fell asleep 29, during this. 28, 29, 28. Uh, <laughs> this was absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah, just awful. I mean, I think it's. I think it was worse than the Rose Namajunas Carlos Esparza fight. And that's. Really I would no, no, it's, no. It's, but it's if it's not, it's close. <laughs> It's close to it. This yeah. was just awful, awful shit. Like, yeah. like, come on. It wasn't man. good, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, I gave it. <laughs> I do the one. I do. Oh, the would one, you give it a quarter star? The, no, I do the one through five star thing. Okay. And I don't go below one. One's my okay. absolute low so bar. Thought, and it got it got the one. Okay. One's my All absolute right. low bar. But I would have it. I would have given it a point five. Yeah, but I think only I think only this one and Rose and Carla are the only ones that have gotten the one. Well, Rose and Carla yeah. would have got like minus two. Yeah, but I, I don't care about the yeah yeah, I, yeah but, but I yeah trust me trust me if I I I said I'm gonna this is how I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna stick to it and there's been times both on the good side and the bad side but especially yeah. on the good side where I've wanted to break the scale but I told myself no I'm sticking to the scale so if I give it to give it a one star that means just don't bother and if I give it a five star just go go like immediate go watch that fight so but it's uh, too bad for lewis koski though because i thought you know he he had that great fight with sasha polotnikov that he lost and yeah, uh this yeah. is the polar opposite of the fight yeah this is yeah. that fight and uh koski was you know he was a lot of the reason why this fight was terrible we'll just switch yep. it that way yeah so yep. he was probably the main reason why this fight was terrible yeah and probably won't but, uh, be around uh, much longer <laughs> yeah and then the uh and then the prelims closed out with Damon Jackson over Pat Sabatini in a minute and nine seconds. Just uh, if you miss that fight, just watch it just for the entire entire thing, you know. And I told I told Dave to make sure to watch that one. Yeah, it, it'll it'll tug at your heartstrings. Uh, then we had the main card uh, kicked off with Anthony Hernandez uh, finishing uh, submitting Mark Andre Barriot. In the third round with arm triangle choke, uh, Hernandez was one of your stars, but absolutely dominant, just constant takedowns. Uh, Barrio's team said that he broke multiple ribs and a couple of ab yeah. muscles, or torn oh. a couple of ab muscles during the fight, just from all the constant takedowns and. And Hernandez just dominated him. It was a fantastic. Show. I think he broke the rib like in in the first round. Yeah, and he kept fighting like yeah, incredible. Yeah. Then we had a heavyweight fight: Rodrigo Nascimento uh, over Tanner Bozer. Split decision, thirty twenty seven and twenty nine twenty eight were the two cards for Nascimento, and then there was a twenty nine twenty eight card for Bozer. 
Uh, I'll be honest. I had a 30-27 Nascimento. I thought the very the first round was the very close round. But I, yeah. And and I, it was kind of even on the feet. Maybe Bozer was a little bit ahead on the feet, but and I gave it to Nascimento just because of the late takedown. Late takedown. Bozer had a stretch where it almost yeah. looked like he could finish him if he kept going, like in the yeah. first round. But then yeah. Nascimento got up. Yeah, I think it was so, the first round where that was. Yeah, it might have yeah. been the second round or one of the two rounds. But uh, yeah, but yeah, but uh, and uh, I don't know how a judge gave it to gave twenty nine twenty eight to Bozer, but yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but, good uh, fight, though. Good I fight. Think. Good yeah. fight. I feel bad for Bozer. He hadn't fought in a year, and he's he's a really likable guy. And and you know, you could tell by like his so, like going back to the mental health. You could tell by like mm-hmm. his social media posts after after both wins and losses that you know he he takes the losses very hard on himself. So so yeah, but uh, you know he's he's and he's also kind of kind of thinking he only has one more shot at yeah. this so hopefully you know i hope it works out for him because he's he's a very fun guy to watch yeah i hope uh, he gets a fight in canada yeah yeah i hope so too uh then we had the middleweight fight joe pifer finishing alan amedovsky uh in three minutes 55 seconds of the first round then we had the featherweight fight andre feely split split decision over bill algio <laughs> uh yeah it's kind of questionable i had a 30 27 feely yeah i mean i guess he's 29 28 feely can't yeah. see 29 28 Algio and even Feely was really mad about that after yeah, the fight. He was like, shocked he, when because yeah. they I think they announced the 29 28 Algio first. Yeah. And he was yeah, like he did, what? Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he went off on the judge after yeah. I don't know. I don't have the scorecards in front of me, so I don't know which judge it was, but he went off on the judge afterwards and his post fight scrum, you know, deservedly so, but he still got the win. And then of course, you know, he talked about the miscarriage. That was just that was heartbreaking right there. And then you had the co-main event, great fight. Gregory Rodriguez finished the cheating in Jokowani in the uh, second round. Jokowani looked like he was going to finish it in the first, but uh, Rodriguez with a great comeback despite the cut and that we talked about. And then Sanhagen over Songy Dong finished, uh, stopped it at the end of the end of the fourth round because of because uh, of because Songy Dong looked like he got whacked with uh, Jason's machete, but it was that. It was a bad looking, but uh, yeah, really it good, was, really good show, really good show. Yeah, yeah. Overall, it was Chris Lee that had the uh, dissenting scorecard in that fight, and Doug Crosby who had it in the in the Nascimento Bolster fight. So, just two, in case two, people are wondering, two veteran judges. So, yeah, like, yeah. Ah, they just saw it differently, you know. Like, I mean, I didn't like I, you know, I, I mean, if if one of those guys had actually won the fight, I, you yeah. know, I think we'd be calling it a robbery, but. I mean, it, it. I mean, I've seen worse. It, it happens. It happens. I see fights yeah. differently than people all the time. Yeah. So do you? So yeah. do you? Just it. You know, me more than you. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, like, like me and you, like, we probably score more fights a year than some of these judges do, because, like, I'm literally, oh, yeah. I'm literally scoring every UFC and every contender series fight, and yeah, every me too. Bellator. I mean, I don't, I don't write them all down, but I yeah, do every Bellator and PFL fight and whatever. Yeah. Fight, I'm like scoring. So, I mean, if you just talk about UFC fights fights i mean we're we're scoring a thousand plus fights a year which is more than judges like we should be judges like like it's we're not gonna be perfect that's what that's one thing i that's one thing i tell people like when they start criticizing my scores it's just like you realize i score probably about 
1200 fights a year i'm not gonna have a hundred percent percent record well we when i did this a while back i i went and i looked at like six months worth of fights and you were around 95 percent of like having like the the right fight you know the right score according to consensus and i was around 91 and most judges are around 85 yeah (laughs) so i mean you know like you know but but we do more of it so of course we're going to be better and you do more than me so (laughs) um all right the bonuses went to you mentioned the fight of the night uh and rodriguez uh pfeiffer and jackson both got the fifty thousand dollar bonuses and rightfully so and hopefully some of these other fighters got bonus too um they were of course at the apex so there's no gate no attendance (laughs) fuck um yeah so that's that's that. oh one other thing we want to talk about from this show um if you listen to our preview last week uh you'll notice one fight that we previewed that didn't happen um and that was uh aspen lad and sarah mcmahon and why don't you tell us because i'd forgotten about this fight but yeah uh aspen lad uh what would you say the one thing that she's famous for well passing out on the scale and almost dying yeah, it was basically happened again yeah. this weekend. I mean, she did pass out on the scale, but she missed weight. She weighed one thirty eight, so she missed weight by by two pounds. And the uh, I don't know if the what the exact story was, but they canceled the fight pretty much almost okay. immediately. I don't know. So they didn't they didn't even give Sarah McMahon the option of fighting a catch weight. I I don't know if Sarah turned it down. Sarah, the okay. the comments that Sarah McMahon made made it sound like you know. Well, you know, about Connor not get your shit together. Get yeah. your shit together. Maybe she turned down the fight. Fight. I don't know exactly what what happened, but it was scrapped. And uh, yeah, Aspen Lad uh, at uh, missed weight again. And uh, I, I got this stat from uh, Stephen Keller. He posted it right afterwards. He's a manager at Tapology. He said, of Aspen Ladd's 16 signed UFC bantamweight bouts, she has missed weight or withdrawn to a botched weight cut 25% of the time. And eliminating bouts canceled due to injury, she has missed weight or withdrawn due to a botched weight cut 36% of the time. So it's basically five out of the six or six out of the 16 fights. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, she basically has a 36% chance of either missing weight or withdrawing from, from the fight the day before due to weight issues. She, she even does, missed one time at, when they had 145, didn't she? No, no, that oh, was okay. not her. Okay. That was not her. That was uh, Macy Chase on. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Who, who, who also has issues making 135. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 135. But, uh, yeah, it's just she's got to stop doing this to herself. Like, yeah. it's time to – it's time for UFC to step in and say, you got to be at 145, 145. The problem is and they don't really have a 145 pound division. That's a, that is the problem. That is, yeah. that is the big, big problem. And, you know. Maybe just let her go to Bellator. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe her coaches too. Who knows? Yeah. You know, we know her. We kind of know her training situation. She's, you know, kind of uh, she her her head coach is her boyfriend. Oh. And it's it's kind of come off like a grooming situation, almost, oh. almost like Rose and Pat kind of yeah. kind yeah. of situation. And it's probably not the not the best for her because she's probably not getting, you know, proper yeah. proper nutrition and and all that, and and just I mean like like the, you know it's going to happen with her every time she's book she's booked the way it's been going, and it's just you just. Somebody's got to step in and stop it. 
they um why don't they just, i mean i'm surprised they don't just fire, like fire her or release her you know like and and you know and then she can go to bellator and fight at 145 because i mean it's not like she's a draw yeah you know like i, I mean you know, and, the 135 is already bare boned as is she's she she was good i mean ever but she but can't ever, make the weight like and really ever since the weight issue started started they really started after I mean, there was a couple instances before the Sajar Eubanks fight. I remember being at uh, I mean, there was that Leslie Smith situation. Yeah, I mean, even for her UFC debut against Jessica I, which was supposed to be July twenty seventeen, she got sick. She got sick the day of the show, and the her bout got scrapped. You know, due to complications from from the weight cut, and then the Leslie Smith situation happen and even and then i remember seeing her supposed to fight uh that she fought tanya avenger at the yep. connor fight and i remember watching her on the scale then and she was just shaking the entire time she was walking up on the stage and standing on the scale and like she didn't like pass out or anything there anything there anything there but uh and then uh and then the sajar eubanks fight happened and she looked normal but after that was the jermaine durandamy fight where she you know where she had the yeah. famous the famous yeah weigh in thing and then she lost in 16 seconds and ever since then i mean she's one in three since then so it's yeah. like i mean yeah i mean, I mean that's this, what i'm saying this like stuff at this has point, killed, yeah this stuff has killed her career yeah issues, and so. one in three and the weight cutting issues yeah. like i wouldn't be at all surprised if next week you know when you get, send me the notes it's like oh aspen i got cut like i mean yeah. maybe they i mean you'd think they would have done it by now if they were going to but um yeah so it's unfortunate um look see so there's no ufc this coming week um there is a bellator card there's also a ryzen card um and uh kyoji horiguchi's fighting on it as well as ayaki hamasaki who is a uh, just a, a legend it in the uh, lighter weight like adam weight she's fought all the big names at bantam uh, adam weight and straw weight over the years um, and that's at the Saitama Super Arena. So those shows are always fun. Uh, you can find it on pay-per-view, I think, Fight TV, uh, late Saturday, early Sunday morning. But there's also a Bellator show on Showtime. Uh, this is uh, Bellator 285 from Dublin. Um, ben Henderson and Peter Queeley uh, in the main event. But I think the one everyone's interested in, if you're going to watch the show, is the co-main light heavyweight fight, Yoel Romero and Melvin Manhoff. Um amazing these two guys have never fought before but uh they were supposed to (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean this fight could be awesome or it could be a snooze fest um probably nothing in between um because i've seen both i've seen man i always tell people whenever they talk about bad fights and you brought up the uh rose fight from earlier this year the melvin manhoff hafel carvalho fight um the first one is the worst fight I've ever seen. And I will not listen to anyone tell me any different. Um, and Yoral Romero's had some bad ones too, but he's also had some really exciting ones. So we'll see what happens here. My money's on a bad fight, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, but, you know, in the main event is whatever. Um, ben Henderson, you know, he's, you know, he loses more than he wins these days. And he's fighting Peter Queeley from Ireland, um, you know, big hometown star. And he's the only, uh, oh no, Kieran Clark's also fighting on the uh, on the main card. But yeah, just two Irish fighters on the main card. They usually load these ones up, but not this time. This is in, uh, yeah, Dublin at the uh, Three Arena. Prelims are pretty good, and these are going to be on YouTube. They got Georgie Karkanian, Brett Johns, Brian Moore, Carl Albrechtson, and Carl Moore is a pretty big fight at light heavyweight. That's kicking off the show. I think these 
I think these cards like air on TV over there. Like, so maybe that's why they load up the prelims, but um, yeah, I don't know. Are, are you interested in this card at all? I mean, Mads Brunel, Mads Brunel is a great featherweight fighter. Yeah. He's Pedro Carvalho. That's a good fight. And then you have Leah McCourt and Diana Silva, you know, Leah McCourt's a, another SPG Ireland fighter. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's Diana Silva is a nice punching bag. Yeah, I mean it's a Bellator show, which which their shows are just they're few and far in between right now, and they're yeah. I think they only got like three more cards for the rest of the year. Yeah, there's just there's just no there's no promotion like like you know nobody no buzz whatsoever Bellator. Nobody thinks about Bellator. There's like never any talk about them at all. It's just they're just. I had no idea there was a card till you sent me the notes. And I watched almost all of them, but I forgot there was a card until I looked up Tapology, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's a bill." Yeah, and they they usually send out stuff by now. Like they their, have, their PR is pretty good. They have, I've seen it, but they're okay. I mean, I mean, the, oh yeah, the, you know what? I did get something. Yeah, meet yeah. a request asking for, uh, you know, if you want to talk to any of these guys, you know, here's the mm. number and stuff. And I actually, I should have, I should have uh, put in a request to talk to. Uh, 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 Peter Queeley, but yeah. um, I didn't. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Bellator more than ever just feels like non existent. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's pretty much it. It's too bad because they do have some good fighters, but yeah. I, I, I will watch though because there's nothing going on this weekend. Uh, no, no wrestling pay per views or anything. So I'll, I'll find some time for this Bellator show and we'll talk about it a little bit next week. Um, I definitely probably won't watch that Ryzen show. Um, just I'm not paying for it. Um, all right. Uh, I think, yeah, that's that's it for the upcoming shows. So uh, we got we got some news. And uh, you uh, speaking of weight cutting, um, you uh, you want to talk about Henry Cejudo uh, trash talking Kamzat. I want to say get himself tra- killed if he doesn't smarten up. <laughs> I want to say he was trash talking. Uh Henry Cejudo, who's coming back back soon. They were talking a lot about Cejudo and him, yeah. you know, getting him. Cormier says every time I see Cejudo, he he's getting lighter and lighter. But uh, he did know, the eyes the eyes thing on the on yeah. the main event too. Yeah, on and, Twitter. Uh, and here's the thing: but we all know Henry Cejudo's personality, the cringiness, and all that, all that. But he is incredibly intelligent, and he's going to be a hell of a head coach once he once yeah. he retires for good. You know, he's going to be a great head coach, and he's very smart about all this stuff. And he too has has been the victim of of weight issues in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me, real quick. But uh, he was talking about the Comzot situation, and he he brought up a good point that uh, they, he thinks that a lot of Comzot issues with making weight this past time was the fact that he trains too much, which mm-hmm. I can see. I can mm-hmm. see that. I mean, like you know, you've ever, if anybody's gone through a time where like they're trying to lose weight, you know, and you have like these really good weeks where you know, where if you're if you're weighing yourself weekly, weekly, you know, you have these really good weight weeks where you lose lose a good amount of pounds, but then you, but then you, and you keep doing the same routine every week, you know, as far as eating and drinking and exercise and all that. And then you have those weeks where, where you did the same thing, but you know, maybe you stayed the same weight or you only lost half a pound as opposed to three, three and a half pounds. Like you did, like you did some other, other week, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think there's a lot to that where like, if you just train too much, too much that you just can't naturally always get the weight off 
weight off just from overtraining. And I think that's what, I mean, these guys, you know, Kamzat is one of those guys who just all he does is train. All he does is train. And, you know, maybe that had something to do with it, do with his missing weight. Maybe it didn't. Who knows? But I thought that was an interesting point that he brought up that, that you know, not just Kamzat, but fighters in general having trouble making weight. Maybe it's just because of overtraining. Well, he's, <laughs> uh, he's not uh, – I mean, he's not wrong, but I just watch what you say about Kamzat because we might end up, you know – he might end up having a bad accident at some point <laughs> <laughs> if, if he pisses off comes out. Um, all right. You said uh, UFC 280 backup plan. Uh, so this is the Abu Dhabi show. Uh, yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? Well, I was talking, um, main, the main thing was Alexander Volkanovsky had publicly said, publicly said that, you know, his hand is healed and that he's uh, training oh. to be training to be a backup, backup uh, for Olivera Makachev. For, for Olivera Makachev. Uh, and but uh, but uh, I don't know if it's been publicly announced, but Benil Darius has been designated the official backup for that oh. fight because he's he's on the card against uh, Matus Gamero. Gamero, but uh, anybody, anything happens to any of the main eventers, uh, Darius will be the guy to step in. And it's funny, Habib, Habib made a stupid comment this week about how he doesn't think Charles Oliveira is even going to show up to the Makachev fight. Which is, which is, it's just, I mean, I know Islam's his boy and all that, but, but I mean, I think he, I think Khabib just gotten to the point of overhyping Islam to the point where it's like, like I'm almost getting sick of hearing all this Islam talk from him. Well, I mean, he's going to show up. Oliver would never not show up for a fight. Um, We've only got like nine fights for that card, and that's like less than a month or a little over a month away. So I, know, I think it's I think it's full. For nine fights? I think the fight. I think the fight card's full. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I mean I'm that seems low, but okay. Unless there's some fights missing here on the Wikipedia lineup, maybe. Um. Oh, and now okay, yeah, yeah. You know what? There's some fights at the bottom here. Yeah, five fights that are not officially on the card, but they just you know they're. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Gordon, Abu Abu Bubakar, Nurmagomedov, yeah. uh, Armin Petrosian, Lena Landsberg. Yeah, okay. All right. Sorry. My bad. My bad. It's full. There's 14 fights. Okay. Uh, and one more news item. Uh, Marlon Marias. Speaking of, you know, it's like the Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo situation. Uh, retired. Now he's back. Uh, he's going PFL, which is what we said he should do in the first place. Yeah, I'm not really surprised about about this one. I didn't think his retirement was gonna was gonna stick. I think it was just just to. Uh, He's pretty young, isn't he? Like 31 or something. Yeah, I think he was. Old. I don't know about. Uh, fuck. I, I, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, oh no, he's 34. I, I was thinking 34. Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually older. He's a couple years older than Aldo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, PFL. I mean, that's. He dominant. He was the dominant guy in WSOP, you know, before yeah. transition PFL. Right move for him. And it's the right move for. It's honestly the right move for anybody who leaves the UFC. UFC. It's over over Bellator because yeah. it's also an easy road back to the UFC if they if they really want it to. Well, and and even if they don't, like it's a million dollars if you win yeah. this tournament. You win like yeah. four fights. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. throwing big money out. It's a, these guys are making more in PFL than they are in Bellator now. That's why yeah. they're, that's well, why they're on ESPN. I mean, on and, ESPN. And it's, and plus it's a money laundering. So yeah, everybody goes. It's like Bellator. It's just like when was the last time Bellator signed a big name person? It's not happening. Everybody, no. everybody goes going to I mean, PFL. Corey Anderson, maybe. 
I mean, and that's been a long time ago already, yeah. you know, yeah. probably, probably Romero as actually, and that was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, Romero and Johnson right around the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And then we do have some fight announcements. We got some yeah. big ones. And one yeah. of them was they announced on the show on Saturday yeah. uh, for fight night. And then yeah, two big main events coming up. Yeah. yeah a couple of main events. Uh, first one, October 29th featherweight fight, Calvin Cater against Arnold Allen. I mean, <laughs> that's a hell of a fight right there. That's, yeah. that's the fight that seemed to be, be likely to be made. You that know, should be the, in like freaking London or something, but yeah, no, it's in no, the, the apex. apex. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah. It, it, I mean, even that Orlando show in December, that could have headlined that, but uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. And then the, the another main event, event, it's actually a rebooking, but the last show of the year, last UFC card of the year, December 17th is uh Jared Cannonier against Sean Strickland. That was supposed to be the main event of the, the uh, October 15th show, but Strickland, got hurt and it needed to be pushed back. And then another fight, uh, a big fight on a, for UFC wise, November 5th, uh, featherweight fight, Bryce Mitchell against Mavzar Ivoyev, both the uh, undefeated featherweights. There's talk about if they can't find a bigger fight, that that could be a main event possibly. They have to tell them soon so they can train for five rounds. Yeah, 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 definitely for sure. But yeah, I don't think those guys would have any issue getting bumped. Okay, up. all right. The um, and then uh, our friend of the show, uh, well, guy we like, uh, Chris Dalkus and Yarzenstrup Rosenstrup. That's a big fight. Yeah, it was supposed. To, yeah, it was supposed to be on the October first card, but they pushed it back to uh, the last pay per view show of the year. And then okay. And then the only other uh, notable fight I would say is a Bellator fight. Yeah. Uh, Bellator two eighty nine on on uh, December 9th. It's the rematch. Uh, Bellator women's flyweight champion Liz Carmouche uh, defending against the woman she beat for the title, Juliana Velasquez. Do you know where that show is? Uh, is that Mohegan Sun? Okay, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Um, yeah, they do their fights in front of fans, but yeah, not, yeah UFC. Oh, I and I noticed uh, when I saw that when they when they showed Mike Davis that was fighting on the card on October first, I made sure and uh, released him from my fantasy team because I figured you know what if he's if he's training for a fight he's not going to be playing very well for Baltimore, and I was right. He didn't have a very good day, so I was I was smart to drop him. Um, okay, or is it a different guy? <laughs> obviously different guy. oh okay okay well either way i made the right call um all right so i think that's just what gonna do it um yeah we had uh yeah we still good we still could manage to get over an hour in and uh yeah we had uh jose aldo and um uh, and we had uh yeah the uh UFC. So, and sorry, I distracted there. So, uh, if you haven't already, check out Ryan's coverage of last week's uh, UFC in the Observer. I haven't yet because today was a holiday in Canada. We uh, were celebrating the Queen's life, and they gave us a day off. So, uh, I didn't go into work to print off my copy of the Observer. So, I'll read that tomorrow. But you all can do that. Um, and then, uh, of course, check out his coverage of this week's show in next week's Observer. And uh, and then we got a week off uh of official duties although there's enough fighting we can watch if we want to um so uh ryan uh, i don't know if you got anything else to plug or if you just want to take us home like you always do i uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show got nothing to plug uh no fights this week so you know what enjoy your enjoy your week just everybody have a great week god save the queen